It's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 583 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 56 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chad. I'm still Brodor. All right. I stole your thing, dude. I don't care. So, <laughs> Brodor, you went to Game Hole Con. I did. And I have to tell you, and I, I actually posed this question to a number of people who had been to multiple Game Hole Cons. But keep in mind that this was only Game Hole Con 8. And it was unbelievable to me the quality of special guest, the quality of vendor the quality of game production relative to the small amount of people that were there. So what you're saying is this con is terrible. Please don't go to it. No, never don't uh, ruin this con for us. So I, I had asked, including to Alex, the executive director of the convention. I'm like, so this is either a, the best kept secret in the hobby industry for people who are into tabletop and board games or, Mm. It's the tabletop RPG industry's Bohemian Grove. Right. Now, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm leaning about 60-40. Mm-hmm. But it turns out after doing In which some, direction? Uh, oh, Bohemian, Bohemian Grove. Grove. I mean, okay. look who you're talking to. Yeah, precisely. I figured, but I just, I needed it No, there's all out. sorts of weird <laughs> and drugs and ritual and magic going on. And gold. Eating babies yep. in gold foil. Oh, no, no, no. For f***ing sure. It okay. was, yeah. I mean, that's Bilderberg's, the baby eating yeah. or mixing oh, our conspiracies. Yeah. But uh, any which way, it was an amazing the show. Bilderberg's game. Uh, you know. Maybe I, they are game. I, I think they do. I think that the kind of gaming that they do, though, is. They're, they're big into deck builder. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wonder, you know, I wonder who the wealthiest person is Bill on, Gates. The, on the planet who plays tabletop role playing. Bill games. Gates. I would guess Elon like, Musk cur- like probably does. Yeah, I. You know, there's Elon Musk. He probably doesn't talk about. It. He's got to throw in some dice in a D and D game at some point. Like, and he's right I mean, now like the currently. Rich. Okay, Bill Gates. Currently, does he? Cur- does Bill Gates currently play D and D? Real that, or any role playing game? I'm telling you, or does this you know? If you've seen weird movies like Hostel, or if you've <laughs> seen odd movies where they buy human beings, mm-hmm. Bill Gates has an entire island where they do. <laughs> Like Arpex, right? The the mm. role playing experience. It's live dungeon, not true dungeon. It's people living out this dungeon experience. It's amazing, but that's what Bill Gates does yeah. with live actual human beings and human animal hybrid chimeras that he has oh, made Island in his Moreau lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, for yeah. sure, it's real life. You so know what like Bill a- Gates' actual game is? Poker. I have read he is an almost champion level poker player. Or at least he was in like the 80s and 90s. Huh. I, I don't guess, know if he still plays it. I guess just stealing from others and selling it as your own gives you the opportunity to tell well, and who is legit, and is not lying. He was a legit programmer too in yeah. math and yeah, I can't stuff. play yeah. poker. Like, okay, I know how, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my issue with I don't like Texas Oldor for yeah. five card draw sides, it's not that. The reason, like, when I'm in a casino, I cannot play poker is because the idea of taking the house's money doesn't bother me. The idea of taking someone else's money does. Mm-hmm. 
And if it's like pennies or matchsticks, who cares? Right, right. Like, but yeah. I'm talking about like if but we're in, actually in a real like yeah, world. And I don't care if it's like a five or ten dollar ante, right? Yeah. It can be low stakes poker. It's the idea that I'm not taking from the house. I'm taking from this individual next to me mm-hmm. that I don't know anything about and have nothing against. I can't do it. That person, that, that, <laughs> no, no, person our- that person sat down at that table and they put their money and their skill and their ability to read other human beings against yours and you dry rail them in the shitter, that person. All right. So let me tell you how deep this neurosis goes. When I'm playing blackjack, if instead of paying me out of their own stack, the house dealer like, let's say the person next to me loses and I win the hand. They just take their chips and move it over to me. I push them back. Wow. Like, I cannot take it. Like, seriously, that's, that is how controlling my empathy is. And I'm not making this up. This is not show persona yeah, listen, or whatever. When, when two people- John Grana can tell you, because he's gone gambling with me, I really do this. That I, They put winnings in front of me. And if it came from the dealer, I keep it. If it came from the person next to me, I push it back. I can't take it. That's bizarre. It if, is. It's if, totally my damage. If, totally my damage. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. an advantage. No, no, yeah. No. yeah and this is not advice. I'm right, not, right. I, what Brodor's saying is... moral high standing thing. Yeah. It's a ner- like what Brodor's saying is true, because I only play low stakes, so it's sure. not like anyone's got the deed of their house on the table. Right. I mean, I play like $5 hands. So it's not like Brodor's wrong, because he's not. That these people sit down at the table knowing how it works and... So on and so forth. But it's just the way I'm wired that I cannot look at someone who's not an employee, right? Because an employee, I'm not playing for their paycheck. No. I'm playing for the house's money, which is probably organized crime or whatever crap anyway. I'm happy to take their money. As a pastor once said, I'm happy to use the devil's money for the Lord's work. And, you know, it's that sort of thing. But the moment you hand me another human being, like regular person's money, I I can't accept it. I don't gamble. I'm too cheap. I don't gamble because I'm bad at it. But I don't understand, like, you gamble and I don't. And we, I have the right attitude and yours is wrong. (laughs) Oh, I know. Well, that's why you have to get, if John Grant ever shows up again, we'll get him to... Yeah, exactly. We'll get him to. Did he? He always oh, the guy. He he wrote Blood Moon Goblins. Yeah, and I see him about once every six months. And anyway, so Game Hole Con was great. It was amazing. It really was. What is the attendance again? Uh, about Five about four. It's terrible. Don't go to it. It's about <laughs> four thousand to forty five hundred people. Okay, which means if you if you so do the it, con. if you do the math, one in a hundred people is a special guest, and <laughs> and I don't mean like small names. There are some big yeah. names that show up at that show was really really very cool now it's got some things about it that i did not care for like the availability of amenities particularly food they had some food trucks but Mm. if you wanted to get something different you had to take an uber downtown but it was like nine bucks and you can't rely on a food truck thing either i mean there might be weather something breaks down or they they're like oh hey you know what there's a baseball game we're going to make 10 times what yeah, we can make we here. Out. We're out. Yeah, or exactly. even if they're there, it might be a line around the yeah. building. Right. But yeah. the, the vendors, the special guests, I the love gaming, the true dungeon and live dungeon. It just, it was, it was awesome. There was so much 
packed and it was like a gusher, right? It was just this, mm. you know, tiny piece of gum with all this <laughs> that just came out of it. It was great. Very That's proud of you. You went with gum. I was going to say, yeah. Out of you. I was yeah. like, here we go again. Another yeah. Yeah. No, negative no, he, upset. He, all right. Yeah. So what we are going to talk about today, other than this, to try and get things a little back on topic here. How much I'm jealous of your shirt, because that shirt is awesome, Dan. Oh, thank you. It is amazing. Actually, my mom got me this shirt, which... But we better not describe it. Just rub it up against the mics, people. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a shirt explaining it has, like, this pegboard, this, you know, the, the diagrams that psychos do or whatever, trying to connect all the possibilities and whatever. You know what like, Bernard does. Yeah, like, they have all these, like, cards up. That point from George Bush to the guy that tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. And back to, God damn it, that's real! It's real! Back to Bill Gates and off Bill Gates to Dave Arneson. And it, it's like that, except it's a dog trying to figure out where the owner has gone. Like, because they walked out the door probably to go to a 7-Eleven or something. But it's all these yeah. catastrophic possibilities of where the owner has gone to. But no, you can tell you've hit a certain age. When certain things no longer bother you to say, and among them is my mom got me this, <laughs> you know, you were just a certain age, like in your teens, maybe early twenties, you want to seem as independent as you can. And then when you get to where we're at, I literally just a couple of days ago turned middle age. So I'm now 45. And now suddenly it's like, it wasn't just a few days ago, like past 10 years of my life. Mm-hmm. It's like a good relationship with my family is something to be proud of, not <laughs> something to try and hide. And so, yeah, I have a great relationship with my parents. My mom got me a shirt because she knows that, well, I'm the only person in the family that at least in the St. Louis contingency that has a, or contingent rather that has a dog. So she got me mm-hmm. a dog themed shirt, but no, I am glad yeah. you're jealous of my shirt. <laughs> I actually have something coming in sure. for you that we'll talk about. <laughs> probably next episode because it won't come in well hasn't come in yet but what we were going to talk about is brodor and i are both kind of in gaming slums maybe for different reasons for me it's a fairly short reason i don't think there's much to talk about so i'll say what it is but then we're going to bounce over to brodor which is for me it's the typical thing that always happens to us in the black hole (laughs) of mid-october early november through mid-january which is all of the fall birthdays and holidays and people having school events and work events and whatever for Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween. And also like half my family was born in late October, early November. There is something going on constantly. So I'm not gaming right now. Like my West March's game hasn't met in a month, month and a half and probably won't for another half month to a month. The actual play hasn't met in like a month and a half or two months now. Mm -hmm. And both of them left kind of mid-action. And I don't really remember what was occurring. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's nothing really to say there other than this time of year sucks for us. It always has. It's always the black hole where our games go to die. Mm -hmm. And I guess we'll see how that works out come mid-January. But Brodor, you're in a different kind of slump. I I have not felt particularly motivated to create for the one role-playing game that I'm running. I haven't bailed on any games. I've continued to run and I suck it up and I get to the table and I do the best that I can. And my players have said with sincerity that, you know, they've enjoyed the product that I've put forth for them. But 
I haven't been proud of it. I haven't been happy with it. I haven't. It's been very hacky and slashy because I, I just haven't been motivated to focus on narrative or, or, or to tell a good story. I just, I don't know. It just hasn't been there. I've just been floundering. All right. Let's start with the big diagnostic question. Why? So I thought a lot about that. And I don't want to go off on a big solution right now, obviously, since we just started, you know, talking about the topic. But I think that it boils down to me and just grabbing something to make an analogy. Imagine you study martial arts and you've studied martial arts for many, many years and you have focused on judo and judo is all you've done. And you do judo and judo and judo and judo and you know the katas and you everything to you is rote, right? And you can throw whomever regardless of their size and you can trip whomever and you can invert momentum and you can do all of it. But then somebody's doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and you're like, well, that's different. This is a whole new thing. And now I'm getting my ass kicked. Mm. Right. Because I don't do jujitsu. I do judo. So I think for me, I've been focusing so long on a particular style of game mastering. And I think that for me, I have lost interest in gaming in that fashion, Mm. or at least I'm burned out sound really gaming in that fashion. But it's an honest question. Have we corrupted you? What do you mean? Because it sounds like the type of games you've been running are fairly connect the dots sort of D&D kind of stuff. And within our group through the AP and whatnot, we do much higher character development, lower combat, much more experimental storytelling. Is that sort of waning your interest? And... So, no. Okay. so Because I like f***ing the way I f- Right. Yeah. Well, and, apparently you don't. That's and, what that's what I'm trying to understand. Is what changed? So I, I guess what it is is that for me, what was rewarding was the plotting of the thing. When I play a game like 3.5 D and D, okay, the mechanics, the crunch, all of that to me is very interesting. And you I also thought, do a lot of like politics and history I, and I, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well. I I do that too. But I guess I have some sort of corruption of the 80-20 rule where 80% of my production, my time, my effort into creating the game only goes toward that small portion uh, that ends up being the combat encounter or the the reason why we fight. Mm-hmm. And I, And I guess I've lost focus on everything else going on in the world. And, and it's just made for some sort of uninteresting stuff that has just, it's feels uninspired yeah. to me. So I'm going to ask a question. Does it feel like it's been a while since you've had a really good session? Yeah. Now my players would disagree. Right. But for me, it's been a while since I've run a game session that I've walked away from. And I've said, dude, that was, that was great. Yep. Cause I can tell you for me, when I start feeling like you're describing 
that's the case where it's been a while since I've run a session I'm proud of. The players may tell me that they're happy with it and they're having fun, but if I don't feel like I've nailed it enough times in a row, I'm getting in my own head. I'm starting to feel that slump. Just recently, like in my D&D game, I don't usually run D&D. It's not the type of system I usually run. I'm running on Roll20. I don't usually do minis at all. I don't usually do a lot of prep from the standpoint of writing things and putting them out for handouts and some of that. And I'm finding I'm not doing a lot of that because it's just, it's not how I run games. And I set that expectation up for myself. So for my D&D game, I've been really disappointed in myself. The players have said they're having fun, but I go to each session. I I had planned all of this much bigger thing, and I'm not delivering any of it. I went into this last session that I ran with the mindset of, I'm not hitting this. I'm striking out. I need to shake something up. And I didn't go into the session planning to shake anything up during the session. I was thinking afterwards, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to reach out and say, hey, do we need to use Roll20? Do we want to go straight to Discord? Do we want to Do we want to have people start rolling their own dice at the table? Because people like rolling dice. I started thinking, what can I do to kind of shake it up? And then I went into the session and just had a blast. Mm-hmm. For the first time in a long time, I have this mindset of, I'm going to change everything. It's going to be good. I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get back to it. And then I just sat there outside of my own head, ran the session, and felt like it was one of the best sessions of that entire campaign. And for me, that's what I needed. I needed that little victory. I needed to feel like I nailed it. And then suddenly I was refreshed and I didn't feel like I was in that slump like you're describing. I think that's what you need. You need a victory. How to get that victory, I don't know. But you need a victory. No, I think you're absolutely right. But for me, I need to produce something that I think is worthwhile. And that Mm is difficult because obviously I mean my my own worst critic like so many people and lately I just haven't produced something that I felt was worthwhile so I did a lot of soul searching and just thinking about what I focus on and what's important to me in a in a game and where I'm finding my enjoyment I I guess I'd go through these these phases where I'm just dissatisfied you're going through the motions Yeah, You may be putting the work in, but your heart isn't in it, and you're going through the motions because you don't want to disappoint the people that are coming to your game. And that's a feeling that I get. I don't want to disappoint these people. So even if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to run it. And then I'm not going to be satisfied. Yeah, no, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, and so one of the things that I've been doing recently for the last many, many sessions is I record my games. So I've got my cheap little $20 recording device and I set it on the table and everybody knows that I'm recording it and everyone knows that I'm not releasing it to the public. It's Mm -hmm. for my own edification. And I've been listening to myself. I started doing it for notes because I wanted to go back and listen to it at a higher speed and basically do a transcription and basic bullet points of of notes so I don't have to keep notes during the game. I love that because that's one of the things I want to be keeping notes of what's going on and I always feel like if I'm taking the time to do it I'm not presenting my A game. Well and it f***s up your momentum. Exactly. Yeah and so I don't want to dick up my momentum. Okay but how are those recordings making you feel when you listen to them? So that's the thing is that it really helped me to realize that 
the area where I should focus is description and dialogue and NPC character development and that I spend so much time trying to be good at fights that there are other areas where I am lacking as a game master. And I also think that if I focus on trying to improve in those areas, it might rekindle some interest in the hobby and get me out of the slump. Like, for example, spent a lot of time building the last two combat encounters. In the last D&D game I ran, on Friday night, we had two fights. And we had some RP in there and, you know, leading up to the fights and between the fights and after the fights and whatever. But there were two center point combat encounters. And I spent less time building those encounters in terms of stacking templates and feats and class levels and things onto the monsters and more about why am I picking these monsters and what are the player characters going to do and what are their reactions going to be and how do the two combat encounters differ? And I realized that I spend a lot of time and effort number crunching and doing equation and, and, and building a thing mechanically, but all of the hours of work that go into that, each of those entities, each of those creatures is going to have very few actions in the encounter, right? And does the amount of labor that goes into building them justify the little bit of actual action economy that they're going to exercise? The answer is no, absolutely not, unless it makes you happy. So that's that's, the only thing that is not sparking joy for him. It does not spark joy. And then you must remove it from your life. I don't think it makes me happy anymore. And that's fine. Yeah. Okay. So how long have we been doing the show, Dan? 15 and a half years, 15 and a half years. All right. Over those 15 and a half years, we have thousands of listeners, right? Thousands and thousands of listeners. And Many of our listeners were there from the beginning or have picked it up later and have been with us for a long time. Some of them weren't born yet. Some of them weren't born yeah. yet. Some of, we, their, some of their births Our show is older than some of our listeners. So, I, just, I just want to say thank you to Jeppy for not arresting me at GameholeCon. So, I'm not going to ask. Go on, Chad. So the thing is, there are a couple of consistent things. It was a joke. There are a couple of consistent <laughs> things that people tell us. Over the years, not about us, about like role playing games and their thoughts. Or, oh, well, you guys said this and this. This is what I think about this topic, or this is what I, th- or on our different social media platforms, or what forums, discords, whatever. There are some common things people say that they have said over the years that I think that we see that maybe they don't because. As individuals, they are having this thought for the first time or having these handful of thoughts for the first time. But because of our position, we see this sort of amalgamation. And what you're describing is one of those things that we see all the time since the day we started is people who are longtime gamers, especially game masters, get sick of it. Now, not necessarily sick of running a game. Some do. But they get sick of some concept. So many times have I have heard game masters say, "You know what? When I first started gaming, love D and D, love the crunch, love Pathfinder, love whatever, love the crunch, love building these and all the math and stuff." And I've been doing this for 20, 25, 30, 40, 45, 50, 60 years. I've been doing it for a long, long time. 
And you know what? The older I get, the less I f***ing care about all of this math and numbers. I just don't care anymore. So many people say that. And they're like, man, I would never tell my group, but geez, I really love these new indie games because not because they're good or better, but because they're less work. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, well, I would, and it doesn't just go that way. I've seen it goes pe- the other way yeah, too. I've seen Absolutely. people that have played a ton of indie games, uh, you know, very story driven yeah. games. And they're like, you know what? I haven't done it in a while. I miss crunching some numbers. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the point is not the crunch is bad. Chad says crunch is bad. No, no, yeah, the, it's not. The point is, I think the vast majority of people who run games over a long period of time evolve and yeah. they evolve away from something towards something well i would use a slightly different word than evolve not that i disagree with it but mm-hmm. i think the word that i would choose instead is that people diversify right that which they're real- exposed to more especially in our age of internet yeah. podcast and stuff I, because they I, diversify their outlook there's an old joke about a broken syllogism that says uh we have to do something. This is something. So we have to do this. You know, the house is on fire. We have to do something. So cutting the end off both ends off the ham. See, I yeah. was just, I, I was just thinking one. about syllogism and that's the company no, that you're, I would, I would, that. I would transport ejaculate from point A to point B. Syllogism. I, <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's I, bring me bro bring the loads home syllogism i but i think that for a lot of people they have this understanding that gaming is this whatever right. this may be to your group or to your gaming tradition and eventually they get sick of this once again whatever oh, this I grow is out of gaming well, and you've therefore been playing one game exactly one character for 20 years and therefore they say so i'm sick of gaming yeah i'm like 10 years behind schedule and it's like no it's just no different than saying well i'm sick of this book series mm-hmm. or this author therefore i'm done with all books right it's nonsense and the same thing's true of gaming and there's a phrase that i hate because of its origin and pop psychology but I think it is nonetheless a useful phrase as much as it pains me. Like I should be taking is it rubber a, hits the road. No, no, I should be taking a trauma for even saying this is Brodor. You need to give yourself permission <laughs> to game a different way to yeah. say, no, no, you're right. It's time. You know what? If I'm not enjoying this, this and this, then fine. Gaming is so, or can be so many more things. I wish more people would do that for themselves and not just with role playing games. You need a Marie Kano of gaming. There are people out there that I've, that I talk to frequently that get so into certain franchises of video games yeah. or role playing games. They have to have the newest one and they haven't actually liked one in the last 10 years. There's people, but it's their series. Yeah. 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 I don't think anyone has fun playing EverQuest. And I even played, and I'm telling you right now, it's it's becomes a weird addiction. I, I played Bro- EverQuest for many hours and had minutes of fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, I think that's true of people who played it for years. <laughs> They've had minutes of fun. But, uh, Brodor, I'm going to tell you something, and then let me back up and explain it. You're a terrible GM. And the reason I'm going to say something that ballsy is because for years we have said there's only one way to fail at gaming, which is to not have fun. And you're not having fun. 
Therefore, you or are you're f- not having fun in uh, aspect. I, I'm that not. Is so major. I'm not inspired. Like I, I'm just. You're right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not unhappy. I'm no, just but you're going through the motions. Through the, yeah, you're in a rut. You're going through the motions. Yeah. So stop doing it. Yeah. Be, people, oh no, I can't. No, think of it this way though. People I can't stop. I love it. <laughs> right? Well, like, no, no. This here's, here's is abusive thing. law. Here's the thing. People look at like a hobby or a song or a movie or a book or a game or anything. They they look at something and they're like, well, I like this. I've always liked it. Now I'm not happy about it. So now I hate it. Well, why does it have to be one or zero? Why can't there be a scale? No. Like you love gaming. You love Game mastering, you love game mastering your way. I don't want to leave it's, the. I don't want to. But you don't leave gaming. You don't leave game mastering. You don't leave game mastering your way. Right. You alter. It's not a one or a zero. Yeah. No. It's no. It's a whole range. No. It's I'm with like, you. I, I. I. You know what? I'm tired of baking. I don't right. want to leave the kitchen. Yeah. Right. I, I just want you. to incorporate new cooking techniques. Absolutely. Into my repertoire. So stop baking. You're stop. right. Yeah. No, you're right. So stop I, eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah we're gonna burn the house down. That has the kitchen. I'm not gonna eat anymore. Don't leave the kitchen. Right. But if baking the same recipe is well, tiring, then I, don't I, bake it anymore. And I think that because we were, you know, for the listener, the thing that you should understand is that we talked about this topic last week, and then we decided to not record last mm-hmm. week, and we're gonna do this week, and we had the opportunity to think about it, which you know normally I don't, but I did. This time, right? So I started going through all of my books on being a better game master and There's game mastering tips and that sort just of podcasts. stuff. And, yeah, <laughs> just a and, podcast. They're just, yeah, and, just copying us. And, and ultimately, what I came down to is that I don't want to stop game mastering. Yeah. I just want to try different techniques, yeah. different mechanics, different if, things that I am focusing on to find new you did passion. Part of that you did. You did Blades Against Darkness, and you said that you had a problem with it, not with just your understanding of the rules, but you said you had fun with it. Oh, when I did Band of Blades, or I Band had, of Blades, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a blast, but yeah. I did have mechanical issues, and so that's what I was thinking about mm-hmm. too. I mean, when uh, you first started playing D anD D way back in the day, did you understand the concept fully? Oh, to the God, point you no. had no? Exactly. No. It was a journey. Yeah. And no, the journey was, was fun, wasn't it? It was, it was new. And yeah. some of the mistakes that you made were exciting. Right. Right. Like, I, I did this wrong, and you know what? It was better. But you don't have those anymore. I don't. Because I yeah. do it right all the time. That's right. You've been doing yeah. you're, you're too yeah, expert like, at it. Yeah. Like, I got in arguments with my players about, well, you could have done this and killed the whole party. I'm like, but that's not fun. Right. It's not interesting. Right. I mean, the... The chemistry of the encounter is what is fun. And so, sure, I could have used the Harpy's power a second time, knowing that most of you would have failed the will saves and you got lucky passing it the first time. But there's no magic anymore, right? right? I don't want to steal that victory from you. Mm -hmm. They did their trick. You defeated their trick. Now we move on to the next thing, even though we both know I could do that trick again and I could win. But winning is not the point. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I guess this is just where I'm at is that I spend all this time building an encounter that I could easily win by the rules. But that's not fun. Right. Holding them down and going, we both know I can win, but that's not fun. So, you know, what's how, fun is you winning. You know how I was saying earlier too the example of what you're saying is we have heard this over the lifetime right. of our show, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the sort of hive mind. I think you're 
potentially in a good place. You might tell me I'm wrong here, but what we usually hear this from is people who are like, I've been gaming, I've been doing D&D two for 20 years and blah, blah, blah with the same group. And they have a come to Jesus moment. And they're like, you know what? It is time to move on to something. I want to try something different. I want to not just build the stat player, do the thing that Marie Kondo of gaming is telling me is not bringing me joy anymore and try something different. <laughs> well, but my group won't let me. My group only wants to play D&D. They know. only want me to run the. Do you have that problem? Would your group be I, willing I, to do other I, stuff? I do not say many things that are in the positive. <laughs> no, you don't. But if I said, I want to play Dogs in the Vineyard, and mm-hmm. I post it, I, I just need to say, put the right words in the right. I could put a Dogs in the Vineyard. I could have a line mm-hmm. of people out the goddamn door yeah. wanting to play gods playing Dogs in the Vineyards with me who've never game with me before, right? Like, I don't have... Yeah. I am very, very blessed in the opportunities that I have to game with people, right? So my group recognizes mm-hmm. that I'm the bell of the ball, Mm-hmm. And that they're lucky to be on my <laughs> dance card. Yeah. So they'll play what I want to play. But I just, one, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Two, I'm very lucky in that whatever way. And I guess I sound so, like such okay. a So no, no. I, be, I think I've whatever, got, whatever I pick to play, actually, they'll play. Actually, I think I just detected. So we know what the problem is. So now we're like giving you suggestions on you know, kind of paths you can take of it's okay to choose something different. And is your group going to stop you? But that's outside of his comfort zone. No, no. I've, I think I've detected another blocker here. That's a little bit more hidden. Uh-oh. You said like, okay, if I put up dogs, in the vineyard or whatever, you know, I have people out the door, I'm the bell, of the ball, they're on my <laughs> dance card and stuff. Then you said very quickly and moved on. I don't want to be that guy. I was caught on that, too. What yeah. does that mean? What it means is guilt. I don't want to tell them, F- you, this. I mean, okay, I do enough. Even though they're down with it, it's acceptable. It's right. Yeah. It's everybody abusive. agrees with it. What? He, no, it's guilt. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is guilt. No, I, and, get, I get that. Yeah. I have games that I would be excited to run, but I know that the players wouldn't be, it's not the right group for it. And I would never come in and sit down and say, okay, here's what I'm running next. I don't know. I got this group to agree to a Western, and that was pretty... Uh, but, but what yeah. kind of fucking... After they turned me down what on that. Right. narcissistic monster am I that You're I game sit master. at the table and go, and go say, this is the game we're playing. No, and but, if you don't like it, there's the door. Well, no, you if don't. you're the one who always has to run the games and carry that burden, then... No, okay, so like... I, I mean, why know, Here's you, what you do. You come in with... Three game options, and none of them are dandy. Yeah, I've done. Well, I've done that too. To the, and it's not good enough. Not to you, but to the audience. This is to my the royal advice. you. To the royal you. Yes, <laughs> we we have advice for you. If your game master, you're at this point where it's like, okay, I need to do something different. If your group is one of these groups where you're the only game master, you're the bell of the ball, and they are resistant to change. That's when you come in and you say, okay, here's a list of games I need to change. Otherwise, I'm just going to not do this. Here's a list of games, which, like you said, that's where this sort of thing comes in. But if you're in a different situation where you have a more receptive group or you have a group with multiple game masters or groups that maybe they want to try new things, you say, I'm in this situation. 
I'm in a slump. I've got to move on from the, I got to try some other stuff here. What do we want to play? What are some stuff that you guys have seen out there that isn't this thing? Let's collaborate. Let's throw this together. You have to let go of the iron grip. So if I can focus the advice portion of the episode a little bit. Sure. I don't want to stop playing this particular game. Campaign. Yeah, you're in mid-stroke. I, I, right? I, it's a D&D game. We're at 11th level. There's a lot of history in mm-hmm. the game that we've established. I don't want to walk away from that. I just... Can you pause it? I, 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 I can't do that. And okay. here's, and some here's people why. can, some people can't. And here's the reason why I, I can't pause. If, if I put it down, I'm never coming back. That's fair. And, and I think that everybody at my table recognizes that. They could probably take a break. I could not. I am one of those people. I don't believe I have the ability to come back to something. Well, is this kind of a sunk cost thing? Because are you forcing yourself to finish eating your vegetables because mm-hmm. you started? No, no, I don't. I don't think so, because it is a project. It's a campaign setting. It's a thing in a game system that I have great passion for. I just haven't been inspired to write. And he, as much as the players, wants to see how it all turns out anyway. Yeah, no, I'm invested, right? So, well, let me ask you this. If you continue, you know, at your current rate and pace and don't Marie Kano it out of your life, how long do you think it has? How much longer do you think you'd have? Well, to so that I mean, less than six months for sure, because yeah, that move. because because we're going to move, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that I think that will help to provide some focus mm-hmm. and potentially some inspiration is the fact that I know I have a limited time period, so there must be an end. Can you do a little bit of refocusing in the game of where you reduce? The combat encounters, the math, the algebra, the, the stat block, don't eliminate it, but you reduce the amount that's in there and kind of turn up the different levels of role playing yeah, or stuff. You know what it is? I think mm-hmm. that I think that I can have the best of both worlds because I think that what I can do is I can hit the brakes on the complexity of the combat encounters mm-hmm. and, and just tailor things so that I can just pick ready-made monsters. That's or, what I was about to say. All you have to do is reskin some things that are in the book right. and then let that take care of that part of the prep. And spend the time focusing more mm-hmm. on narrative and not feeling like, well, yeah. I have to build this exciting and interesting and challenging combat encounter and not focus so much on that because a lot of that stuff I end up was wasted effort. Right. But I lost my train of thought. No, I think you got it. I think you nailed it. I mean, no, I mean, in all seriousness. I, yeah, I mean, I that was going to be my suggestion. Yeah. You don't have to walk away from the campaign or even the game, but you need to shake up what you're doing to make yourself happy. And maybe that is stop yeah. doing all the math and start putting in some slotted things. And well, and, it, and I don't know for certain, but I think that it was a series of compounded factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had the issues that I had with actor and mm-hmm. that is resolved. And mm-hmm. now actors no longer in the game because mm-hmm. he got married and moved, not because things didn't work out with us mm-hmm. as they did. It's just that he's gone. And now because he's gone, the entire focus and interest of the game. So as usual, instead of having the conversation, it, he just waited until the problem moved away. I, yeah. I, just I like did. this one, he's going to wait six months. I did. It was amazing. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> no. 
So that's an interesting story altogether because a lot of that stuff actually smoothed out. It really, really did. It had a lot more to do with exterior tensions mm -hmm. on both of us and far less to do with the game itself. But That's true. He's abandoning us in six months. Why do we care about his problems? <laughs> because Free content. Yeah. yeah okay. No, because, because we both need this. We need to talk about how much we love each other and how much we love this hobby and how we're so fortunate to have bonded over this beautiful tribalism of game sharing and storytelling. Yeah. And then you're going to let us down and move away. I know. Exactly. Well, I do wish you luck on your new adventure. Thank you. Now, I mean, so here's, I don't, it's a big mistake. The only thing that's going to keep me here is what a divorce. Chad did was quote the HR email. What Wayne did was quote what the HR email actually means. <laughs> I'll, 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 tell, I'll tell you what, well, whatever. That's neither here nor there. I'm going to get, go down an ugly road, but I guess, after thinking it for the last week, yeah. thinking about the subject for the last week, I think for me, I need two things. You need a win. Well, I think uh, so I need three things. I need a win. I think I need to focus my preparation time on different things mm -hmm. and not be so concerned about the mechanics because this monster is going to get three, maybe four turns the entire encounter. So why am I spending all this time to put together neat little tricks that especially it since they have all these monster manuals they wrote and paid a lot of money yeah, for they, they to write they're they're not as good as i am but <laughs> i mean that's fair but no i know it sounds like such a fucking dick but oh uh, here comes that guilt again i just i do i feel guilty about no, it no no so, so, a lot of mcdonald's you think a lot of these monsters anyway? suck man yeah. and they need work but they know no, no they don't they need they need me they, to come and open their hood and get no. in the engine and work my You're, goddamn magic and make them fun. They don't suck. <laughs> they're adequate to the cost. You're right. They're not amazing. Right. And what yeah. I want is amazing. I want the players to look at the combat encounter and be like, holy shit. We did not expect that. I want my wife's character, who's giant-blooded and a large-sized creature, to see the huge, huge hills have eyes backwards, gnarled, pustulant, mutant, giant men of the mountains, and see them in their 15-foot bases. And I want her to charge and hit that thing. And then I wanted to hit her with awesome blow and knock her back, but then also knock her prone so that when she stands up from prone, she provokes an attack of opportunity. And then I hit her again and drop her character deep into the negatives. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Oh. Time out. How can you... <laughs> Give us a bizarre street performance like that, and yet at the same time say you're no longer excited about that aspect of the game. Because because that street performance was fun and took 20 seconds. Yeah. The prep work for it took three hours. I was about to say... Uh, Chad's got me. He's got my fucking number. I was, that's it. I was about that's to say it. Brodor yeah. is like Dave Arneson in that he's what stands between Gary Gygax and you in terms of having a good game. But, <laughs> but I can't. I feel bad for Lever that because he is dead, and I don't want him to come back and be unhappy with my laughter. No, actually, I just like saying things to stir the pot. But the the the, the I think instead. Um, See, that's what happens when we piss off Gygax. I know, yeah. It's his spirit just wiped my mind. <laughs> yep. I just, 
I just or, I'm going to give you advice that's horrible advice for you. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to give you advice that's horrible advice for you, Brodor, that works for me. Go in and don't prep at all. Sit down with no prep for a session. It's not terrible advice. That's how I run a game. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not bad advice for you. you It's not bad advice for me. It's not bad advice for Dan. Brodor's having a panic attack thinking about it. You need to do it to liberate yourself. I've literally had... It's exposure therapy. All right. I've had one panic attack in my entire life, and it was at the movie Split. I can't game without... You you know those hill giants with all the pustulance you were describing? Imagine this. They don't have hit points. You just decide yeah. when they've done enough damage yeah. and, and end it. Yeah. Then it's Broder, not oh, equi- you guys are so good. No, <laughs> I'm not equitable. I'm it's with, not. I'm you have Chad. no idea how freeing it you, is you need to, to sit do down it. and do it. Not because it's right. <laughs> not because it's fair. Oh, game masters. Not geez. because it's gamest. <laughs> if you don't think you can do it, that's why you need to do it. Exactly. You need to do mm. it just to liberate Well, now I didn't psychology. say I couldn't do it. <laughs> he just feel bad about it. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. I, I will, this is the. That's addict. exactly it. I will feel shitty that I'm providing them an experience that is subpar because I didn't put in the effort. That dude, that's not the effort. The effort's not yeah. in the prep. The effort's in the result. Right. The mm, remember, some master, of my best sessions ever are the sessions I sat down yeah, for, game and I didn't have a chance to and, prep. And game mastering is all smoke and mirrors. Everything is made up. Everything is a lie. It is all tools yep. in the toolbox. Yeah. Your players don't know don't you didn't know. prep. And you need to do this even if you don't keep doing it. Just for the sake of understanding that a game can work despite this. It's, do you know what exposure therapy is? I do. Okay, so for anyone who doesn't know what exposure yeah. therapy is. I'm not letting you put your dick in my butt. <laughs> <laughs> You're not scared of that. (laughs) That's not the problem. Right. But exposure therapy, for anyone that doesn't know, is in psychology or psychotherapy when they're trying to do with phobias or aversions. What they do is like, let's say you're arachnophobic. You have a massive fear of spiders. They'll first start by like putting a picture of a spider across the room. And then the next session, put it closer to you. And then the next session, you have to hold it. And the next session, maybe there's a live spider in an aquarium across the room. Then they put spiders in your underpants. Yeah, and then eventually you come in and they just bombard you. <laughs> yeah. They just pull the a lever, gun. the ceiling <laughs> opens up and thousands of spiders fall on you. It's like a, it's like a crank. And it's no, over, but, but no, jokes over. aside, they, they slowly <laughs> get you closer and closer yeah. until eventually you are holding someone's pet tarantula. And the point is, this is not a real world skill, right? It's not like you need to go out of here and hold tarantulas. But the point of it is that it gets you to a place where when that tiny little size of a pencil eraser spider runs across the wall, you don't evacuate the block. You know, you can deal with it in a sane manner. And I found the exact same thing as a notes-heavy, prep-heavy GM, though my prep wasn't on combat. It was more on plot outlines and dialogue and things like that, that I needed to run some games (laughs) Chad-style and see them succeed so that I could unpucker and in future games, once again, that phrase I hate, give myself permission mm-hmm. to run a more healthy and balanced game that I was enjoying to actually put some flavoring agents on those nasty ass Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. And you, you were able to create for yourself 
a tool for your GM toolbox that you did not previously have. Precisely. And that you had a blocker getting. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I, why. And that's what you need to do. Exactly. And that's no, not only I, what I would recommend, but why I would recommend it is once you do it and see a great game come out of it, you're going to be like, huh, why was I doing all this work before? Yeah, okay. I, I was hurting myself for something no one even cared about. It's the same sort of burnout people hit with their jobs when they show up early every day and do 10 times as much work and then realize the guy who was just doing this one stupid thing ends up getting the attention and promotion. It's like, why was I doing all of this? Because it didn't matter. And it's that same sort of thing as you've got to realize what actually does and doesn't matter. And where you're putting your prep, if it's draining your fun, I'm going to tell you straight up, it doesn't matter all that yeah. much. Do you know what the secret is? You know what really matters? Your passion. And if you're not feeling your passion, then it's not going to work. If you can feel the passion without prepping, it's going to work. Because it's a hobby. No. And it's friends. And it's your friend sharing a hobby. And you're having fun. No matter how much you hate your group. <laughs> and you get friends <laughs> on them all Dora, the time. I'm going to give you the no, final word. We're going to wrap this one up. Oh, wait, wait. He's got some. I know. That's why I said I'm going to give him the final word. Because holiday season... The, the shorter these episodes are, the more likely I'm actually going to get them out. So, Brodor, I'm going to give you final word here. It's more than just hobby, though, right? I'm going to, I'm going to put it how B. David Walters put it this, at his interview seminar at Game Con. Everyone is equal in time. And I'm spending my time, but also my passion. It's art. It's a thing that I love. I hate that you gave him the last word because I so vehemently disagree. Same here. Yeah. I know. It creates... Because time is not the only currency being spent at well, that table. It creates a relationship that is mercantile-based. Well, yes. It, yeah. It, well, and that's, that's not, not love, that's commerce. Time it does is. not equal quality. Yeah. Well, well, hold on a second. My, my point is... is I that, spend my time making this and you don't. How but, dare you? Well, now, hold on a second. Let me finish. These no. <laughs> people have then taken their precious time to spend on my art. And if you're lucky, that's they their remember problem. their character sheet. Yeah, I, and that, that's their problem, because if they weren't here doing this, they'd be at home I, drinking whiskey or smoking pot or both. I, I disagree with you. And you know though. what? I love them for that. But these people got off their asses. They drove to my house to sit down and come to me and be entertained. So it, I have an obligation no, see, to damn, entertain. No, there are no obligations in gaming. Well, but it is friendship I, I just, and fun. I, oh, 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 I disagree well, with let you. Let me ask you a question. It is performance art but let me ask that we are sharing, but, and it is indeed work. But is the performance that you're gauging yourself off of the performance that they care about? Am I gauging the wrong metric? Probably. That's my no, exactly. no argument there. Okay. Now, Chad and I can disagree, but you're probably right. I'm yeah. measuring the wrong I'll say, thing. I the think problem you're... is you're equating the time you're spending preparing to the amount of fun you're presenting. And those are not the same thing. Yeah. You can present. I, I think a, you would be shocked by A, yeah. what you can succeed at, and B, the things your group does and doesn't care about. I guarantee you. Detailed monster block stats, if we assume a, a zero-sum game, and in game A you have detailed monster stat blocks, and that's all you have, and in game B you have colorful NPCs and shitly designed monsters, 
the average group is going to enjoy game B more than game A. Yes, there are going to be exceptions. Save yourself the email. I know those groups exist, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is amazing. You're, I mean, think of it this way, too. Like our Blades in the Dark game. You really complimented me, and I, I loved it, by the way. My, my egotistical little heart was pounding <laughs> when you were giving me such high praise on the combat that I ran at the police. It was it's awesome! Thing 13. How many stat blocks did I have? Zero. And uh, what was the state of my notes? Zero. Yeah. Minimal. I, no, I, had, a, I had a note card. <laughs> I think you had like two words on it. I, I had a note card I handed to Brandon, and I think he wrote train on it and handed it back to me. You know and, what it is? I'm so scared of doing it wrong. I do it wrong constantly. The wrongness frees me. <sighs> it is failing. Why do we fall, Master Bruce? I mean, it is the failing and then the reaching up and, and it's succeeding. And guess what? You're smart. You're intelligent. You're creative. Did you guys not Gosh, hear people like me? Did you guys not hear his description of the postulating hill giants going <laughs> yeah. after? That was f***ing amazing. The stats I, wouldn't matter. I'm in. I yeah. want. I. But the I'm stats pissed. do matter. The fact that they have 126 hit points and they're nope. plus 19 to hit slash plus 14 to hit and they do 3d8 plus 15. All of those things matter. The that you just came up with off the top of your head nope. without prep. No, I studied those. I know those numbers. They're you in did. my brain, and Wayne. It's good. I know it's, them. It's good. And I can and tell I'm... you, even though I haven't played Battletech probably like in a decade, that the 3025 Orion violates FASA slash Catalyst's own design rules because it has a ton and a half of SRM4 ammo, which is not supposed to be possible in the game. You study something or stare at something long enough, you remember it. I didn't have to prep to give you that stat off the top of my head. Here's the thing. You had this amazing combat with all these stat blocks and numbers and stuff. And and just from that little 20-second description, it was amazing. I loved it. I was there in that moment. I saw your wife's giantess getting pounded, and so it, was, it was it was good, right? Is the passion when she was goes there. down? She's like tick off a hit point on her action. Boop. That's the, beautiful. The assault on precinct. <laughs> the assault on precinct thirteen. Uh huh. Where you guys murdered the shit out of that tall boy operator. How many hit points did he have? Now, blades in the dark. Like there's clocks and yeah. there's mechanics and there's stuff. Now there's no hit points or stats or stuff. But it does have. You its didn't own even mechanics. decide the size of the clock until we'd been beating it up for a bit, and then you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, it's a six clock," and because of what Brandon <laughs> and Eric did, we'll start with two filled on the six yep. clock. That could have been an eight clock, I a twelve can't. clock, or a four and clock, I or a two like clock. A and, and you know what? You're and not a charlatan. You're an entertainer. <laughs> and you know why it ended? You know why I was able to fairly say in a just and equitable manner that they had won. Because I believe it was Eric and Wayne did something awesome. Right. Yeah. What I mean that cool draw. Oh my god! I can see. I can see it. Just Wayne yeah. character coming up. It moves with quick motion. Can I just slowly stab it? No. You, or it was a you, snap no, no, of neck. You walk up behind it, and the uh, uh, Eric comes out of the shadow cloak, stabs it. Is like hi, stabs it, and then your character comes up behind it. I break his neck, so he's looking at me. Hi. loved it loved it i I think we're in this one here you're good you're good game master yeah it's just about tools and you apply yourself to any one of those tools you mike brodor 
will do phenomenally You're well. You're punishing yourself for things no one else is punishing yep. you for. God, you know what? That's, I mean, talk about my life. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you guys for tuning in. And that's not a tool in the toolbox. Have a great week and great game, and we will catch you next time. All Game Masters cheat. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2021. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.